Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to see Mizzou. It was a Missouri game against Nebraska at Fro Field. Mizzou came out and hung right with the Huskers. Uh, the Huskers were ranked number one at the time. Nebraska had to score a touchdown on the final play to send the game in overtime. I remember Scott Frost threw the ball into the end zone. The ball flew through the air, and then someone dove for it. Nobody knew quite what happened. Fans started running onto the field. They were jumping on the goalposts because we all thought Mizzou won. But Nebraska had actually scored. They called it the flea kicker. It's one of the most famous plays now in college football history. Even though Mizzou lost that game, it made me a fan of the Tigers forever. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit ColumbiaTribune.com slash sports and click tickets. This is the Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Welcome to another edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. I am Daniel Jones with Cameron Teague Robinson on Thursday evening, last day of January. It's still Thursday? Yeah. Felt like That's what been, the calendar says. I felt like we've been working all for 24 <laughs> days. <laughs> it has been a day. Here at the Trib and in Columbia, where we've been reacting to NCAA scandal pretty much all day. Zuri got a answer, got a decision, a public reprimand from the NCAA on the academic fraud scandal. Uh, inv- I, I should say the academic fraud investigation that started in November 2016 regarding tutor Yolanda Kumar, who blew the whistle on herself then. But before we get into everything, which is a lot, which is, you know, our opinions and uh, the reaction from everybody. Let's just start with what actually happened. And Cam, you wrote the main story. So we could start with, in November 2016, Yolanda Kumar basically came out to the public and said that she had been doing work for student-athletes. Right, yeah. yeah she, if I remember right, it was like a Facebook post. That was, I don't remember if it was originally taken down or not, but yeah, so Yolanda Kumar came out and said I had done all this work for this for students in the Missouri Athletic Department. She had once th- said that like she was pressured by people to um, to make sure certain athletes passed. I want to say a few times she mentioned coaches, like there, she didn't mention names, but she said like there were coaches who wanted me to do things. Um, and then uh, obviously the university obviously found found out. Obviously, if if your tu- a former tutor goes public, the university is sure to find out. Um, so they started their own investigation, um, and according to them in the report, they self-reported everything that Yolanda Kumar said in their investigation stuff to the NCAA, um, and then the NCAA started their own investigation. Um, Missouri kind of did their own kind of self-imposed um, sanctions, I guess you could say. They weren't really sanctions, but they suspended A.J. Logan, who was part of it. Um, they also suspended another football, football player, player who was not uh, named. T.J. T.J. Oh, was Warren. Okay, T.J. Warren, yeah. He wasn't named originally. Um, but, yeah, so they so they suspended a few players from then. Um, and then so years go by. I think Jim Stark said on his conference call today um, that he they had a hearing in April 2018. If that's right. I'm trying to make sure my months line up. Um, that and he was waiting for this report to come out, and here it came out this morning. Um, obviously, they interviewed Yolanda Kumar, probably most of the students who had been affected by it, um, well, probably as many of the tutors as well. Um, and then came out that I mean, NCAA just really just laid the hammer on Missouri in terms of sanctions. I think everybody was surprised. Jim Stark said he was shocked and dismayed by everything. 
Um, I love that. Yeah, shocked, shocked, and dismayed. That's, uh, <laughs> I loved it. All due respect. I mean, that that I could just imagine like uh, a shocked and I am shocked and dismayed. Yeah, exactly. Just sitting there. I am shocked and dismayed at this. <laughs> this <laughs> news just, is shocking yeah, and wa- dismayed. Walking out to his secretary. Did you see the shocking and dismaying news? <laughs> Um, but no, I think a lot of us, when the when the NCAA released this report, um, we found out this morning that they were going to have a conference call at noon, and then they released a report probably around 11.15-ish, 11.30. Um, and I think I, we were on the phone literally as the report came out, and I was just in, so in shock. Like, I was just, my mind was just going a thousand places. I couldn't believe this. And I, I don't know. I just, I couldn't believe the sanctions that the NCAA laid down. Shocking and dismay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, so just a, a quick rundown. So you had the competition penalty. So you you have a postseason ban of one year for the football team, softball team, baseball team. Uh, you have, which is this year. Which is yeah. So this the upcoming seasons for the baseball. It's all it's the upcoming seasons for all three. So the right. baseball and softball season that's about to start, as well as the football season in 2019 that will start this fall. Correct. Right. Um, then you also had financial penalties. So each pro, you had a five thousand dollar fine, and then each program has to pay in one percent of their budget. Right. You had scholarship reductions, five uh, percent, I believe, each, of scholarships for each program. For each program, uh, you have recruiting restrictions, and you have the vocate the vacation of the records from when. Those yeah. ineligible players participated, right? And then you also have three years probation, correct? Which comes with a lot of other stuff too. So and that is what happened to Missouri specifically. And then Yolanda Kumar, the tutor, had a ten-year show cause, um, which basically deal. means she can't be a tutor for ten years, right? And it, and it said that if a, if an NCAA member school hires her as a tutor, they have to make sure she doesn't do any athletic tutoring. So she she can be hired as a tutor, she just can't do athletic tutoring. Um, so yeah, NCAA was like, man, this is this is hard. This is harsh, right? It seems it seems very harsh yeah. because, and this is so. There's a lot of factors at play. First of right. all, the penalties do seem harsh considering who was affected. It was 12 student athletes over the, and one tutor and one tutor over the course which of the, year. the NCAA acknowledged in the decision yeah. was acting on Alone. her own yep. and was not influenced by her superiors. Yeah. So they basically said she did it all on her so own. A rogue warrior. Yes. Yeah. So that is one factor. Uh, the other factor is that in other cases around the country, it feels like you have these scandals that involve a lot more people that are punished a lot less. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, it, it was it, it was very surprising. I think the the thing that surprised me the most was uh, that they did acknowledge she was there acting solo and yet still brought the hammer down on Missouri. It felt like throughout the entire investigative process as, as the investigation went on and people kind of started chattering about it a little bit, uh, there was a feeling that there wasn't the evidence that Missouri had pushed Yolanda Kumar to do the work for the student-athletes, right. which she that was one of the reasons she blew the whistle from the beginning was she said she felt that way. Right, right. When it came out that it didn't look like that was going to be a part of the investigation or the case. 
you thought, okay, well, maybe this is just going to be kind of minor. You'll have some some kids suspended. You might have to vacate some games. Probation, maybe. You might be on probation, but I don't think anybody foresaw, you know, myself included, Jim Sturk included, a postseason ban, all the recruiting restrictions and everything else that's come along. And with I think stuff. the immediate reaction when you thought of this was, and I think you mentioned recruiting restrictions. I think that's something that gets overlooked in this is because usually when it's recruiting restrictions, and Gabe DeArmond made a good point on the conference call, is that it's usually a recruiting violation somewhere. And there was no, this isn't, this is an academic violation. So I think that gets overlooked a lot. But I think the main thing right away when anyone saw this was postseason ban football. And you're talking about the excitement that was coming for this football team, a, potent, a potential top 25 football team coming into the year, now may not get the chance to play it. Qualify for an SEC championship, SEC championship game, a bowl game. If if by by chance they were to qualify for that college football playoff, you're talking about a team that can't make. Whoa! I'm just saying, like potentially, like there's no postseason eligibility for this team right now, and I think that was the big thing because all they said, the Kelly Bryant, you got Jonathan Nance, you got a, a pretty good recruiting class, so many guys back. I think that was originally a thing. It's just like, man. That's just terrible luck. I think I saw something on Twitter that was like, Michael Porter Jr. comes to Mizzou, MPJ hurt. Jonte Porter comes back for sophomore year, tears ACL. Colorado, fifth down. Kentucky, pass interference. And then Kelly Bryant, NCAA violations. Do you think it's been a long day now? But if you start... our podcast trying to list all the unlucky things oh, that God, have happened be here all day. athletics yeah you would be here yeah all night. and you would have people calling in there would be people calling in <laughs> before this. our podcast was even done <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> hey i heard you were talking about all the bad things yeah, that have happened got, to me yeah, i got a few i have I some suggestions exactly you, you you should add this yeah but it's just yeah that was the i mean that's immediately the first thing you think of is just uh, the impact this could have not only at just this season for Mizzou football but the program going forward right Right. Yeah, the recruiting restrictions will will definitely have an impact. Um so what we did find out and and you talked about, you know, the immediate impacts. Everybody on Twitter immediately wondered if Kelly Bryant was going to stick around. Yeah. And the memes were everywhere yeah. about Great memes also. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was a good, good meme ones. day yeah. for Kelly Bryant uh possibly leaving Mizzou, but the reports came out today from South Carolina and uh, the the state newspaper in in Columbia, South Carolina, and also Rivals dot com, uh, got in contact with some of Kelly Bryant's uh, close uh, people close to him, and uh, they say Kelly Bryant is staying and won't go anywhere for so his fret not graduate senior year. Yeah. Fret not, you might only get him for twelve games, not thirteen. Yeah. but you know, better than uh, zero. Yeah, exactly. So. That is good, uh, and and some of the recruits that I talked to today, you know, didn't have any impact on them. Martez Manuel from Rockbridge, who signed in December, said it didn't have any bearing on what he was going to do. He was happy that they appealed, and he was frustrated. And he he posted this on social media that he was in high school when all this stuff was going on, and he's going to get to Mizzou, and you know he's he and his teammates are going to be the ones that are that's, affected by th- all that's this. my thing with this. And we can get into this later because I could go on and on and on about this. It's just we're talking about academic fraud violations that happened beginning in the in 2015 and into the summer of 2016. Most of the most of if not all, we don't know for sure, but most of if not all of these kids are no longer at Mizzou. You know what I mean? They they are not being affected by this. What is the point of a postseason ban for a program with none of the same kids? The tutor's not there anymore and you go on record saying it's not Missouri's fault. 
uh, we could talk about this a little. Do you want to go into it now? We could. But do you like, want to go into it now, or is there anything else you want to hit on before we go down that rabbit hole? Um, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think because there's, there's so much to this. Um, so let's. We could go into. There's just so many specifics we could go into. Right. Well, let's start with that, and we'll get to some of the other things later. The fact that the way the NCAA's penalties are set up are set up to hurt the kids that actually have nothing to do with what actually went yeah. wrong. Yeah. It makes no sense. Especially, I think, specific, especially in this case. Especially in this case. Yeah. And this is, in, in reading up on the decision that was made public, not the first time that this has happened. Yeah. It feels, you know, I don't think there's been one as high profile as this, yeah. but it's not the first time that they've, you know, handed out these sort of, these restrictions. Uh, it definitely feels like Something else that the NCAA has decided it should outlaw, uh, which, you know, I, I don't think that you should have a tutor doing work for kids. Correct. But to outlaw it in this way seems definitely it's, off the mark. Yeah. I mean, a tutor, you're, you're only hurting people who didn't get those math classes taken by the tutor. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hurt the, that just that makes no sense to me. I get punishing people for it, and I get like, I mean, if you're gonna cheat, like you should be punished for cheating. Like you should not cheat in school. Do your own work. But at the same time, if you're trying to, if the NCAA is trying to punish people for doing that, you're punishing the wrong people. I mean, you, Ke- Kelly Bryant wasn't even at Mizzou. I mean, these these recruits weren't even at Mizzou. There's some people. There's some people here who were who were teammates with these guys or gir- or girls from the softball team and knew about this. And the, I mean, they they shouldn't even be punished for it. It's not their fault. Like it's just it you makes have, no sense. You do have a situation, and I, and I don't know if this is true. This is a what if, but you might have a situation where there's a a student athlete who actually said no or refused yes. that or or stepped away from it. Who's on one of these things being punished? Retroactively punished yeah. Yeah. for that. That's the irony of the situation. Yeah. Um, and I th- I think. And we, I don't know if I'm just going to take it to somewhere else now. Um, like, I think when you look on top of that, like, I think when you talk about why so many people were so confused or so upset or um, just, I guess, dismayed, in a sense. <laughs> shocked and dismayed, yeah. um, was a sense of how bad this was for Missouri compared to how what it was for North Carolina when they falsified classes for like 1,500 students or however many it was. Um, and then, I mean, th- there was this in the report. Um, the report said the conduct at issue in this, in this case is also distinguishable from the um, decision in University of North Carolina in 2017. Among other differences, UNC stood by the courses and the grades it awarded student athletes. In support of that position, UNC asserted that although courses were created and graded by an office secretary, student athletes completed their own work. Here, by contrast, Missouri acknowledged that the tutor completed student athletes' work, and in most instances, this conduct violated its honor code. So, in other words, North Carolina lied. Missouri told the truth. So, Missouri gets a postseason ban. This is the most, I think, in my opinion, ridiculous thing. That's unbelievable. That that the NCAA actually had the foresight to know that this ruling, everybody was going to think of North Carolina. Yeah. Everybody's going to be like, man, what happened in North Carolina? And to make that distinction, that North Carolina, at North Carolina, the students did their own work. Yeah. Even though, you know, the class was created by a secretary and didn't actually exist. Exactly. But, you know, they did their own work. They did this fake work. (laughs) Whereas at Missouri, they didn't do their own work and therefore are punished for it. 
in this way. Um, yeah, that is the most unbelievable, shocking, and dismaying thing in the whole report is the fact that North Carolina is brought up and actually used as a reason for why Missouri was punished and why North Carolina wasn't punished. To like double down on your stance for North Carolina and double down on your stance on Missouri and have neither of them make any sense. Yeah, it's... It's it's very it's and it's very every I think everyone on Twitter has said this today, but it's almost like the NCAA saying, "Hey, when we come investigate stuff, lie to us, and then we'll be a little softer on you." Because I mean, it just you can't read that statement and think Mizzou did the right thing by turning in everything. I mean, in the report, Missouri and what's called a mitigating factor, I believe, um, which is, again, you can read Danny's story on that. It's a lot to get into and a lot of specifics that probably a lot of people really don't really care about to know on a podcast. <laughs> you probably need to read it in detail. Um, but it said that, which is a mitigating factor, something that works in the favor of Missouri during this case. Lessens uh, your penalties. Right. Ideally. And, and one of those mitigating factors was that Missouri had exemplary cooperation. cooperation. Okay. And that, and that, and I you can you can argue you can be like listen Mizzou Mizzou maybe doesn't self report this unless Yolanda Kumar comes out publicly and says it you can say that that's fine or whatever but like if it's in the report that there's exemplary cooperation and then you come back and do worse than you did to North Carolina to me it's just like I don't know man I I think it just it makes if if you liked the NCAA and you were a Mizzou fan, this makes you just say, screw it. This is the NCAA. I'd like terrible. to meet that person. Yeah, same. I would like to meet that person, too. <laughs> I'd like to meet a lot of people the, who the like the NCAA. The NCAA loyalist. Yeah. The, <laughs> please, call, please call in. Call in. We don't have a if call in. If you're an NCAA loyalist that's happy with their job performance, yeah. please let us know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so when you get into the whole mitigating factor thing, what, what, what you've... So, you know, in the case it brings up North Carolina and how what they did, the difference in that case and Missouri's case, and so it begged the question today, right, or, or brought the question to Dave Roberts today, who is the chief of the panel that yeah. made the decision. Right. Uh, you know, if Missouri did what it did and got the penalties, you know, doesn't that might that cause? universities to not self-report to not cooperate with investigations in the future yeah and he said yeah you could make that argument so that's okay so why are we why 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 does anybody why are we why is this even part of the conversation why would you you know why would you ever admit that what you did might be wrong when you could stand your ground you could argue that hey you know we did everything we could we didn't know uh you know we we had nothing to do with it. Yeah, and it's it a lot. It's telling people, athletic directors, administrators, coaches to do the one thing that annoys the mess out of everybody and say, "Oh, I didn't know what was going on in my own program," and that is the bit. That's, that's the that's the stupidest thing in the world because you know what goes on in your program. But now is pretty much what this guy's saying is, is if you say that, even though you know, you'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, that was baffling to me that uh, that he said you could make the and, argument, and that he would say that on record, right during a conference call. Yes, yeah, I don't understand. I think you, when you say that, and I just regardless of how this goes down, and regardless, like I think there's a lot of stuff that even we still don't know about how everything that went on and how this is going to go. But when you do that, I think if you're if I'm Jim Stark and I hear that or read that somewhere, I have no nothing else to do but be, just be just livid. At that, be thinking that maybe like we tried to do everything we could, and then that go that goes that way, right? We're we have more to talk about, but we're going to take a quick break. 
and throw to our sponsors and we'll be right back. I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsors of the Mizzou Sports Podcast, AMU Healthcare, Columbia Water and Light, and Phyllis Nichols of State Farm. The University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of Mizzou Athletics. Columbia Water and Light encourages the efficient use of electricity and water because it can make a big difference for all of us. Find out more at columbiapowerpartners.com and contact State Farm agent Phyllis Nichols at 573-443-8727 for life, home, car insurance, and more. Thanks again to our sponsors, and now we'll return you to the podcast. Welcome back. Uh, We're discussing the NCAA sanctions handed down to Missouri earlier today. Um, We mentioned what the penalties are, uh, and those come from the fact that the violations that that the NCAA found were level one violations, so that means they're the most severe violations that the NCAA deals with. Uh, Missouri actually had a level one violation previously with the... Less than, it was like two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago with the men's basketball team, where in the second year under Kim Anderson, uh, they actually, that that wasn't the year that the improprieties happened. The improprieties happened... Under Frank Haith. In the last year under Frank Haith, but uh, the second year under Kim Anderson, I believe it was the second year under Kim Anderson. Yeah, it would have been. It was... August 2016 when they came down. So it would have been going into his third year. No. Yeah, it was a second year. It was a second year. Second, second. So okay. I, yeah. Second year under Kenny Anderson. Couldn't go to the SEC tournament. So that was a level one violation. They had this one, and that was one of the reasons why the penalties were as stiff as they were. Right. Uh, and again, I, I wrote about that a little bit if you want to get more into the details uh, on how mitigating factors work and, and aggravating factors. Basically, the way the penalties are written, they're really vague. And if you cooperate and help out, the NCAA can, you know, look at that and say, okay, you helped us out. Now we can reduce your penalties. Right, right. Whereas if you're a program that has repeat offenses, if you've got a lot of other bad stuff going on, the NCAA can use that and actually make your penalties stiffer. So the way that it's written in the bylaws, it's really vague and allows them to kind of cherry pick based on each case. Uh, so that was one of the things kind of going against Missouri was that it wasn't the first time they'd had to deal with this kind of violation and one of the reasons why they had the penalties that they did. So now if you look at you know, the process for Missouri going forward. Jim Sterk said they're already working on an appeal. Yeah, I think they said uh, Mike Glazer, who, they, who they've used before in different appeals processes. I believe Mike Glazer was the one who uh, was a part of the last... Right, the men's basketball. Violation. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. He, he, he was the counsel that Missouri... Re- he wasn't involved in the, in right. the scandal, but he was... He's helping with the appeal. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So, Missouri's in the process of doing that. And that process will take months... Uh, the NCAA website says the kind of basic framework is for a 110-day appeals process. And a lot of times in that appeals process, you can get stays, which would allow, you know, a stay on the postseason ban. So yeah. basically hold off on the postseason ban until the appeals process is wrapped up. And that could allow, in theory, the Missouri baseball and softball team to participate in the postseason this spring yeah and if the appeals process is still ongoing maybe even the football team for a bowl game right and jim stark said he thought the appeals process like you said it's 110 day like time time but it could go longer than that depending on the case jim stark said it could be a few months to even have up to half a year which i which is pretty incredible but he seemed to think that as long as they have appealed it 
he thinks that the softball and baseball teams will be good to play in the postseason um, as long as they qualify. Qualify, which yeah, we've again. had that issue exactly. Right. Um, so, um, but yeah, so that so that's that's I guess that's good news for softball and baseball fans. Is if if you're looking forward to the postseason, there's a chance that these teams will be able to play at least this year. If the appeal is not, if the appeal, if the findings and rulings from NCAA are, NCAA are upheld, then they will be banned next year, not this year. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where things stand for Missouri at the moment. Uh, I don't know how that appeals process works. It's hard to really know what has to be proven for that to be overturned. Um, one thing you can argue. And, and you know, there's a lot of things that probably could be argued, but one uh, one thing that you know was on the NCAA's website is you can appeal if you think the penalties are too harsh. So that's certainly one thing that that Missouri might be interested in appealing is the uh, way that the penalties were actually dished out. Um, again, I you know, if you just go back to the basic facts of the case, you had one tutor mm-hmm. who had been a tutor for five years, who basically acted on her own to do students coursework 12 12 students fessed up to it herself brought the issue public on her own um and then the investigation found that she did it on her own and the organization didn't push her to do it didn't influence her to do it uh and then three sports now have postseason bans recruiting violations or recruiting restrictions a five thousand dollar fine you know, all all for what happened over the span of a couple months, I guess almost a year, by one individual with 12 students. And that's also what's kind of funny, and I know a lot of Missouri friends probably don't like Yolanda Kumar, um, but I also find this funny. It's just she came out and said what happened. Like, um, she came out and started the whole allegations thing, um, but um, now she's the one who can't get a job. I also find that kind of funny, but not funny, but ironic. Inter- in yeah, ironic. It's, I think interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like everybody who um, came out in this in this case is being punished because of this. And we do say, you know, oh, Missouri should have, you know, shouldn't have fessed up or whatever. But they didn't really have anywhere to hide either. Right. Yeah. True. The the, the allegations were out there. Yeah. And once the allegations were out there. It wasn't like, you know, you could hide under the, oh, well, you know, this didn't actually happen. I mean, you had testimony from the person that was there that it did. So, and it wasn't, Missouri really, in in one sense, wasn't given much of a choice uh, on what they, how they could or couldn't fight it. You couldn't, you know, sweep it under the rug after the whistle was blown. Yeah. But, um, yeah, hard to believe that, you know, this this investigation has taken so many twists and turns. Uh, you know, the day that it came out was a long day for everybody on the Mizzou beat, uh, trying to follow up with what was going on and what was actually happening. That yeah. tutor was coming to, you know, was going public with the allegation that the organization was telling her to cheat for students. Yeah. And then it came up later that, okay, actually the organization, I don't think was doing that. Yeah. And then it came out later that she was going to make some of the, the students pub, you know, make those names public that yeah. she actually helped. Um, it just felt like it hasn't gone away. Yeah. And now you're got the, you know, summary and we're now about to begin an appeals process that could last another three or four months. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, and this is how these things are. They take forever and forever, and it's always something that comes up every few months that changes something. It's, uh, it, I'll be personally, I'll be glad when it's all done. 
You don't say. Very glad. You you and Jim Sterk. Yeah. yeah. Jim Sterk and everybody else. Uh, Jim Sterk will be glad to and, not and be Odom. shocked and dismayed anymore. Barry Odom. Uh, I, I, when I, Barry Odom came out with a statement today that I felt like was like quintessential football coach, basically. Like, you know, the statement from Jim Sterk and Alexander Cartwright, I stand behind it and, uh, you know, I'll fight to to protect our institution it, and yeah. fight damn what did he say together we will fight for this great institution and i will damn sure fight for my team that's right yeah it's like exactly what you would uh, expect your head football coach to say yeah. under those circumstances um but uh yeah if if everything goes right for missouri it might not end up uh really hurting the football program as much as as everybody thinks right sure. now sure. if the appeal goes well uh yeah, what a day. What a yeah. day reading through this document and reliving everything. Killed. We killed a highlighter today. We did. One highlighter died. It had been a while since we'd had to read through an NCAA Report. public infractions, yeah. infractions decision and have to write a story about it. Uh, maybe we should have one of those signs up that says, like, so many days since yeah, NCAA yeah. infractions decision. Those things just jinx things, though, so I'm good. Let's just not, let's just not talk about it. That's right. Uh, I don't know, Cam. What do you think? Was there anything else that uh, they really wanted to discuss? Should we should we make a note of what happened to the basketball team? Oh last yeah, they night? got they got they were shocked and dismayed. Thirty four, thirty four point loss. A game that was Auburn. competitive throughout the first, the first half. Auburn came- scored fifty eight points in the second half. Missouri scored fifty eight points in forty minutes. <laughs> Kanzo Martin gets on the plane. He looks at his assistant coaches and he goes, I am shocked and dismayed <laughs> with how that just went maybe down. That's, maybe that's where Jim Sturt got it from. He, Sturt called him and goes, what's going on? How you feel, Kanzo? I am shocked and dismayed, Jim. <laughs> yeah, no, that again, let me say, that wasn't a good game. They'll, have, they'll play Vanderbilt Saturday, the worst team in the SEC, for the rally for Ryan game, which is always a great cause. should be a pretty good atmosphere. Right. Um, but this, we're not going to talk about too much basketball today. I, uh, yesterday I was, you know, I turned the game on and I was cooking dinner while the first half was going on. And I've really been into watching The Sopranos recently. Mm-hmm. And as that second half score just kept getting more and more lopsided, Missouri was down 12. And I was like, all right, if they go down by 15, I'm changing the channel. Literally three Next seconds later, three. Auburn comes down the court <laughs> and hits a three-pointer. And I just went, yeah, I I kept it on like the volume on only because Charles Barkley came on right when Auburn made it like a 50 point game. And I was like, I don't think I was paying attention to the game. I was really just listening to Charles Barkley talk. And then by the time Charles got off, it was like a 20 point game. And I go, I'm not listening to this anymore. So I just muted it and just started writing. I was no, just, no, Charles, no yeah. me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Missouri will have a chance to bounce back this weekend. The women's basketball team has been off all week. No games since uh, the loss at Kentucky. Or, no, that's not right. Uh, since a win against Auburn. Auburn, yeah. It beat Auburn last weekend. And uh, got back in the win column. Out of the top 25, after getting in at number 25, they fell out of the top 25 after their two losses last week. And they'll play again on Monday. So they got Super Bowl Sunday off. And they'll play on yeah, Monday. Super Bowl week for them. Yeah. Super Bowl week for everybody. Yeah. This is the lamest Super Bowl ever. I agree. I, I mean, really want to for anybody. I don't know. I will root for Todd Gurley because that's my guy, and he helped me win a fantasy championship. But I agree. There have uh, I'm I, sure I'm sure there have been Super Bowls before where I have been 
this uninterested. The Buccaneers Raiders one is fears back. I was like, I don't really care about this one. Yeah, that was. And I say a few years back. That was like ten years. That ago. was a long time but, ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was ten. Yeah, it was a long time ago when that happened. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Super Bowl week is kind of made for what was a slow news week until today, and everything went nuts. So yeah. Well. We'll continue to update this as we learn more. We have a lot going in tomorrow's paper. We have a lot currently up on ColumbiaTribune.com, starting with Cam's story, breaking down pretty much everything that happened, you know, top to bottom. So check that out. That'll be actually front page of tomorrow's uh, Columbia Tribune. It'll be Friday's Columbia Tribune. Um, We'll have a couple of sidebars kind of breaking down. First of all, how the NCAA got to these penalties so kind of looking into how they've settled on those numbers the postseason ban and everything else uh we'll have another sidebar specifically on how it impacts the football program and then garrick hodge our sports editor and columnist took aim at what he felt like was some hypocrisy on the ncaa's part so definitely check that out too uh cam i'll pitch it to you cue the outro music Subscribe to Mizzou's Sports Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher.